first time I ever directed a piece, I didn't pitch it or anything at all, was because it was like this Converse piece up in New York. Um, and Josh wasn't able to go. I think he had like a family emergency. So, yeah, Roger should direct it. I was like, bro, what? So I had like, obviously I knew what was going on because we were all on the same team, but that within itself, I think boosted my confidence to then go pitch that to the, pitch the other piece to the team, which then boosted my confidence up again to come up with a whole project uh, outline and whole pitch deck for another campaign. So yeah, I think there's these little, like little steps along the way that create a voice not only for myself, but for the brand and making it make sense to them. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Creative Gap Podcast. Today we're in Philly and I am fortunate enough to speak to another friend of mine, another talented artist, uh, writer, director, photographer, agency owner. Um, he does a ton of different things and he has a ton of amazing work under his belt. Um, I met him, I think, was it two years now? A good minute ago. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's like two years. Um, we got coffee one day and just chatted for a long time. And ever since, uh, I really admired his work and we've stayed in touch. So I'm really excited to chat with my friend, Roger Castillo. What's up, brother? What's up? Welcome. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming. I appreciate well, it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. So first thing usually is uh, just try to get a little background about you. Like, where'd you come from? Um, how'd you find this industry? Like, what is your what is your upbringing? Yeah, and it's like, the question is like, how... How far do you want me to go back, right? Like, any as far as you want. So yeah, yeah I was born outside the country. I was born in Dominican Republic. Um, came to the states when I was like six um, to Patterson, New Jersey. Um, as like a lot of Dominicans do, they go to Patterson or New York. Um, my family went to Patterson, and did elementary school there. Uh, moved to Philly in about middle school like sixth grade or so um and then yeah i think Phillies has been like a coming of age story so i consider it home for sure um been here up until high school <sighs> wasn't sure what i wanted to do and it wasn't until like my senior year where everybody's like all right i'm gonna go do this i'm gonna go do that i'm just sitting here like you know i don't know what to do but my parents like really instilled in me that I needed to go to college, you know, being like an immigrant, it's like their only goal and their only dream is for your, their kids to like be better than them. So college for them was like the only choice. So, um, a college counselor came to the school and was like, yo, like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Essentially. Right. It's I'm a like, big question, bro. Yeah. It's but the biggest question. I'm like <laughs> 16, 17. I'm like, yo, like, I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow. <laughs> like, how are you going to ask me what I want to do for the rest of my life? But he asked a question that kind of stuck with me, and he was like, think about what you do every single day, right? Like, what do you go home and what do you do? So I started thinking about that, and I was like, well, I go home and watch YouTube videos, watch how movies are made, little Danny Converts action, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so uh, I went, I came into that realization, like, all right, well, Maybe let me try this film thing out. Um, and then I took initiative and went to this after school program called Philly Cam. And essentially it was like a program for kids interested in filmmaking and video creating to come in and um and just learn, learn how to, you know, make videos, uh, create like this narrative story. So I did that, really liked it. I ended up doing like this short documentary on one of my best friends, Nazir, who was like this fine artist. Talked a little bit about his story, got to see what his future goals were. And I threw that together into this little video. He's in Premiere for the first time. I thought it was like 
Bro, I thought it was like the goat. Like yeah. <laughs> watching the video back and now I watch it, I'm like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I put, threw that together um, and I ended up getting a scholarship to the school in Vermont called Champlain College. So did film school there. And after graduating, I was like, I'm going to move to New York. Pandemic was like, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> so I came back to Philly and started freelancing a lot. Um, yeah, I think that's led me to, I guess, where I am now. Amazing. Just like grinding it out, you know. Right. I want to kind of go back a little bit to like your family a little bit. Coming in as an immigrant, coming to the United States. Yeah. Um, what do you think like your parents, like what kind of virtues do you think your parents have instilled in you? Because my fiance, her parents, her dad came from Italy. He has a certain work ethic. He has a certain mindset. And similarly, it's like college, college, college. And when you decided to pursue film and, um, you know, a path that really isn't super traditional, like what, how did they feel about it? And how did you kind of prove to them that this is something that I want to pursue? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? Because, um, uh, you know, you never want to disappoint your parents. It's like the worst thing you can do, right? Um, and, yeah, out of nowhere, one day I was like, yo, filmmaking they're like what the hell are you doing so i don't think they ever blatantly were like i don't do that you know but i think to them and more so my father i had to prove to him that you know this is what i wanted to do i just remember this conversation um i had with him and he was like yo like like, be honest with me like you know you could go to school be a lawyer be a doctor be you know any of those um typical paths you know your immigrant parent parent wants you to uh, go on I was like no like to the point where I got like tears in my eyes like yo like this is what I'm going to school for like mm-hmm. this is really what I want to do this is what I'm passionate about and I don't know if that at that point was like a big bluff I put on myself like um you know like faking it till t- you made it in that way but there is something important to that though I yeah. think there is something men- like mentally that you have to kind of trick yourself to think like oh I am gonna make it like I tricked myself all right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it was it was a big it was a big thing for me and then whether I was lying or it was like my future self like telling me like you know this is what's gonna work out for you um i just you know just straight up told him like you know this is it and you know you gotta accept that i think at that point it was like one of those turning points in my relationship with my father where he started like looking at me as like my own man and and moving on uh and sort of like passing that torch on to me as like uh as as my own man so yeah i think I had that conversation with him and I just just told him like yo this is it like this is what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna stick with this you know through its hardships and through the glory so yeah he sort of just accepted that and was and it's been full support ever since so but to, to him it was just sort sort of like I needed to prove it to him that I cared about this thing and I just wasn't doing it just to do it right I had a similar experience with my mom actually I went to college because she wanted me to but at this, I was still, I was pursuing music, so it still wasn't like the most traditional path. Yeah. But she wanted me to go to school for it, and when I dropped out, uh, I don't think she talked to me legitimately for like three months. Like it was a really hard point in my life with her, and when I wanted to pursue this as well, it was the same exact thing. It was why, why pursue? Are you just going to do something else and then quit, type of thing. And it, for me, I think. It's really important that if you want to pursue something on your own that's different than what's normal, that your parents aren't initial, they're not always going to be like 100% on board in the beginning. But 
providing that you can prove what you're capable of. And it might take a long time, but I think that really shows them that you're like an independent person mm -hmm. and that you're going to become like your own man and passion. Uh, I think that's really important. Well, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, cause up until that point, well, I'm not sure how it was for you, but up until that point, it was like, like I was kind of like into a bunch of different stuff and I never really stuck with one thing wholeheartedly. And then, um, yeah, I think after just showing him that, you know, that this is what I, that's what I wanted to do. Then he was like, all right. And, uh, well, I hope you have like, I don't know what your relationship with your mother is now, but I hope you know, I have, a, I have a amazing relate better yeah. than like I've ever had before. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like, like you got to like kind of separate yourself a bit and mm -hmm. come back and. I also think it was like me moving out too and like Bro. moving out of my mom's house because when I lived at home, I, I felt like maybe I, I don't know if I fought more, but like it was just a constant, I don't want to say a constant presence, but just being around her so much. I think as I was trying to pursue that thing that I was, that she was so against for a little bit caused a lot of friction. Yeah. But as once I moved out and created that separation um, and started to really focus on my passion and without, you know, that energy it made me be able to come home to a new mom or a new relationship. Yeah. Did you find that it was like a, a deeper sense of like appreciation for one another? Yes. Yeah. I, I also understood where she was coming from. Bro, like, I don't know what it was, but there was a, some point in like my college experience that I was like, damn, like my parents are just people, you know, like they're just human beings with their own mm -hmm. problems and like, mm -hmm. um, their own obstacles, you know? Right. And I was just, I was just like so young and like naive to that, you know, you hold your parents to like this high regard yes. and then you get this sudden realization like, oh, like, you know, we're all figuring it out at right. the same time. So I think help, moving out helped me with, with that as well. Um, I went to school in Vermont and then I, have, I was away from them for a while and the relationship just, you know, got healthier because I think when you're young, you often blame, or at least I did, I blame my parents for like a couple of different things. It's just like this, but it's just like the circumstances, you know what I mean? Um, and then, you know, you get older and you realize it's not, it's really not nobody's fault, you know? Right. It's just like the, the cards you were sort of dealt, you know? Yeah. I, I, I realized something really similar too, that your parent, you look at your parents like they can't make mistakes yeah. in life or that they're this like superhuman. Um, once you, I think it just has to do with maturity. Once you get to the certain age that you realize that, they are a human being that has issues, that has problems. They're dealing with their own thing that you have never known about for 18 years. They, they hid so much from you. I think you, you gain a new appreciation for them and you understand where they're coming from when they want to. They just want to make sure that their child is going to succeed in life. And doing this art, photography, film, it's, it's scary. It's not easy. It's scary for me now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, imagine what they were feeling, right? With something uh, that's sort of foreign to them and something, I guess, that's come second nature to us now. If I'm still scared, imagine what, what they would have felt like if they had no realization or, like, no preconceived, like, notion of what mm -hmm. filmmaking or art was. So, yeah, I can only imagine. And, you know, I don't blame them for, for caring because that's all it was, you know? Absolutely. really cared about um, our future and, like, us succeeding in life. So, can't blame them for that, you know? And so you graduated from college, you came back to Philly and you started to freelance a little bit. What was the journey like from freelancing? Because I also know that you work with Snipes. Yeah. So like, how did you kind of navigate that going from freelance to working with a company? So 
It was tough after college, you know, uh, it being the pandemic and all, um, having to, you know, figure out what, like what projects were out there, you know, and taking anything at that point. Um, it wasn't until I think early 2021, um, that I reached out to, uh, Josh Medina, mm -hmm. if you're familiar with his work, uh, he worked at Snipes and. He put up on Instagram. He's like, "Yo, like, in, I'm looking for models to be on the shoot in Philly, this date or whatever." I was just hungry at that point, you know. I was hitting everybody. I hit you up at that point too. So it was like I was hitting everybody up and just trying to like create like my own like sort of community and right. like try to like force my way in the industry at, at some point. So I hit him up and he was like, "I was like, yo, like, I know you need models. Like, I'll model if you need me to. I'll be on a PA. I'll work for free. Like, just let me be on set." He's like, yeah, like, I actually think we do need a PA um, that day. So come through, give me the address, and I worked my butt off as a PA. Uh, there was two other PAs there, no shade at all, but, like, they were just kind of moping around. Yeah, you were the top dog. Bro, I was <laughs> lifting boxes. I, I created, um, I forgot what they're called, but you know, like, the glass frames, uh, the plexiglass that uh -huh. you stand on yeah, to yeah. shoot from below? Mm -hmm. Bro, it was me and this grip, just, like, three flights of stairs, just Bro, oh. so heavy, like my arms were like numb after I carried it. But I was just, I think I showed sort of my my value there mm -hmm. as like somebody who wanted to be in the industry. And I think he sort of took notice of that and kind of brought me on for other projects. Um, and then out of nowhere, he hit me up and was like, yo, there's a position opening at Snipes. Uh, you should apply for it. I'll put in a good word for you. And I did just that and I interviewed and... I got in there and it's sort of been wake, work, working my way up mm -hmm. from the position I got in the first place. Yeah, man. Uh, I I remember PAing for so long, but I knew that I had to be the person that people would remember as like the hardest worker on set. That I, I think I, even me, like where I am now as a DP, I notice people like the PAs and stuff that work really hard. They put their head down, they grind, they... Yeah. Are, you know, they're willing to ask questions, they're curious, and they want to learn and grow. I, those are the people that I think are going to really succeed. And I think it only shows uh, to where you are today because of how hungry you were. And like, what do you think? Because there's a, there's a lot of PAs that aren't like that mm -hmm. and that are okay with just, you know, doing the minimum. How, why were you so hungry? And like, what made you be like, oh, I need to prove myself like to the maximum? I think... Two reasons. One big reason is my parents, you know, us, like, as a son, you kind of want to make your parents proud. Um, and it goes back to what we were saying earlier about how you start to realize what your parents have gone through. Mm -hmm. And, bro, like, they worked their butt off once they got here, you know. Like, my mom was, uh, like, she had, like, a degree and worked, like, a, a good corporate job. My dad had his own business. It was booming. Um but they just gave that up for, you know, their children. It was sort of like, I needed to do it for them to like, yo, I need to work hard and reach what I want to do so their sacrifices don't go in vain. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big reason. Another one is for myself. I had to prove it to myself. Like, yo, like I just grinded four years of college um, working through that. I like working three to four jobs while in school and working my butt off after I graduated Proven to myself that, you know, I had, I could do it. So I just thought, I don't know what it is, but I think 
ever since I was little, there's been like this faith in me that is not like I'm gonna make it somewhere, you know? So I think just feeding into that as much as possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, my parents and, you know, not letting myself down in, in the long run, for sure. And after that shoot, you know, you started building a great relationship with... Uh, but not to cut you off, because yeah. I was curious, I was going to ask you, like, because okay. you work hard as well, so, like, where does that stem from from you? I think it, for me, it starts with um, my background in soccer, I think. Mm. Um, I worked, I, I played at a really high level in soccer my whole life. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the New York Red Bulls, the MLS team, but I played for their youth team when I was um, 13 up. I started with them when I was like 10, but then I, I graduated with them. I think I was about 15 or 16. I stopped playing for the Red Bulls youth team. And for most of my middle school and part of my high school, I was traveling the country everywhere, like just nonstop. I had no social aid. That instilled so much hard work in me. And it just knew that like, if I wanted to be good at something, this is what it takes. And it's a lot of sacrifice. And from there, I moved on to different avenues. I pursued music. And once I kind of found film, I've done so many other things. I had a clothing company prior to that. I, I was a landscaper. Um, I did it. I was DJing. I tried so many different things that ultimately ended up not working, but they all, I, I feel created like a little bit of a path for me to where I am now. And when I landed a film, it was a feeling, especially DPing, it was a feeling unlike I've ever felt before in anything that I've ever done. I, I knew immediately that this was it. And I knew that I didn't have a college degree. I have a high school diploma. I have, you know, I have no backup plan. And I always say to myself, and I've said this to other people, my plan A is my plan B through Z. So I have no backup. I have no choice but to succeed. So whatever it takes, is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I relate to that so much. Yeah. There's never been a plan B, you know? Um, yeah. And people, you know, try to force that on you. Mm -hmm. Like, well, what if you... It's like, oh, like, I don't want a what yeah. if. Yeah, there's, there is no what yeah, if. I'm going to no do it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's... You have to have that mentality, though. Yeah. And it comes with sacrifice, though, having that mentality, because you turn down a lot of things. I... Even now, I don't really have a social life too much. I, I try to a little bit more now because I want to. I want to have a life. Yeah. But at the same time, though, you need to know when to work, when to relax a little bit. But the mentality of "oh, I'm going to see succeed regardless" comes with a lot of, a lot of sacrifice. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. But what I was gonna ask prior was. Um, as you're building your relationship with Josh, is Joshua or Josh? How do, what do you, does it matter? Josh. Josh. Because yeah. um, I also follow his work too, and I, he does amazing work. Yeah, awesome. um, how important do you think he specifically was as like a mentor figure for you in your growth and like building you up within the Snipes, uh, you know, community? I mean... You could talk about mentors in general too, because yeah. I think that's really important. I think I've had I'm trying to figure out how to put this. I think there's been a lot of figures in my life that have sort of propelled me forward. And I don't think I'll be where I am now if it wasn't for those people. And not even just like those key figures, but also like, you know, the homies and you know, people sort of like 
cheering you on as you you know embark on your journey and um throughout all the obstacles you know you may um that, that comes with it but i think there's been a long list of people who i could like pinpoint like yo like if it wasn't for this person i would have never made it to this level if it wasn't for this person i would have never made it to this level um and look at josh uh as one of those people you know like for him to see something in me and be like yo i think you got something and even on my first day pa uh pn I, I was speaking to him like yo like you know like i want to direct this and that and like out of nowhere in the middle of a, a scene like he was directing so yeah go out there and, and like you know go go direct these these wow. uh these models it's like bro like i don't want to step on your toes like i don't think he's like nah you're fine trust like go go ahead and do that um so i don't know i think he has like this sort of like if he like can you curse on this? yeah you're good you'll feel like he, if he fucks with you then i think he's like a great person to uh to have on your corner because you know if he fucks with you he really fucks with you um and i think it's been like that since i've got the position uh at snipes and um yeah he just helped me forward and honestly now has become like a good homie you know it's right. not it's not always just work you know so yeah shout out to him and and, and everybody who i have there at snipes now amazing yeah what is the what is the work life like at snipes or just because uh, it's different than freelancing when you're working with a company yeah. like what is that like and when you first started what were some of the challenges that you faced working for a company so when i first started i so i started as a media production coordinator um and what that was was basically like a a PA on steroids like they had, they had me doing everything bro like uh, I was like invoicing for them I was like running around picking up uh, picking up apparel from stores picking up footwear from stores going into the warehouse picking up stuff like a bunch of running around going up to New York help out on set as much as possible um, help out with like a lot of paperwork like I was just doing a bunch of like busy work I would say um, not that it wasn't important but it was just like work that it didn't it was the first step yeah it was the first step and i think when i uh got into the company i kind of already had um like my mindset on this is the type of stuff that i want to be doing let me work as hard as possible to try to get my foot in the door and, mm -hmm. and have them trust me with like a project or, or and here and there and it helps when you have like people on your corner like a josh or or my boss now like david who's the creative director there um like trusting you and like your vision and to, um, uh, to sort of propel you forward. Like, a, as I was saying earlier, but, um, sorry, I got lost in the, in the question. No, no, it's good. It's just about like trying to figure out how to work within a company as like a creative and your yeah. growth within it. It's kind of different, right? So it's like, if you're an artist, like you're signed to like a label, like I'll, yeah. I'll say like, it's not more like I'm signed to somebody who represents me. It's more so like, this is, Snipes and I try to put in as much as like as much of Roger into the projects that we work on, right? But it's different, right? You're creating stuff for a brand, so it's like you have they have these um they have these key things that you have to like fit into mm -hmm. into the piece. You know, we're selling product at the end of the day, so you gotta get the product in there. And it's not always so much so about the story and um and and whatnot, but but yeah it, it just goes into like trying to put in as much of myself into into the work that we do um i'm blessed because we have been able to do a lot of like cool things right yeah um you guys' projects are really badass yeah thank you and i think it just comes with like the team we have there like everybody there is like super dope i couldn't i don't think i could have asked for a better 
corporate situation than the one I'm in now. Um, the whole team is like super fire, super dope um, to work with. And they're all like, I think creatively gifted in a way to sort of like, all right, well, we have this shoe. Let's make it about a kid's like upbringing and like how right. uh, how the shoes made it better for him. Like, you know, like it's a bunch Seems of like, like there's a lot of like, like not just creators, but like storytellers in there that that's what yeah. you're really pushing. Yeah, I think that's that's the that's the root of it, right? Like that's I think all of our backgrounds come from um come from similar but very different backgrounds. So I think yeah, just I think we're all kind of aligned. Like we're all on the same wavelength, uh, I would say. Um, though we do come from like different but similar backgrounds, we try to push as much stuff out that's like that has that's has meaning and depth to it, right? I'd I'd rarely ever wanna shoot just a model with clothes, you know, like what's the story behind it? Like let's find somebody um, to help push this, like say if it's a T, like, like instead of just hiring a model out, which is cool, right? Um, let's bring in somebody from like the neighborhood and have their story be told, um, figure out what's important to them in the community and, and stuff like that. So building a, a larger story, I think around a product is, I think essential to, to, to make it, you know, hit the streets a little bit different. I think. Do you remember the first time you pitched a project as a director for Snipes? Like what that first project was and were you nervous doing that? Uh, I think, I think since the start, I've been having like my, been like throwing like a little ideas here and there. Yeah. I would sit like across the room. I'm like, well, maybe we should do this. You know? <laughs> like just sneaking my idea, sneaking my ideas in there uh, as much as possible. Um, I think my full on project that I pitched was this like this quarterly campaign that we do. Um, and it was based around like the four elements of hip hop, uh, centered around like four kids, like, uh, like trying to create this uh, party um, in New York and like having like graffiti, uh, DJing, breakdancing, um, all in one thing. And it was like so like untraditional, right? So like we all went to brunch one day we were working out i think from atlanta doing this other piece and the creative most of the creative team was there i was like yo listen to this right and i don't know like what came over me where i felt so confident like telling them um like my idea for this big campaign um that we did but they just like yeah like that's cool let's do that and i think having those people around you where it's like yo yeah like that support is amazing bro it's it's different like it's it's like if you don't have that support i think you don't ever grow and that's why I always like thank those that you know support me through, through the journey that I'm on but yeah I think that was the sort of impromptu like not unofficial way of like unofficial first pitch of like my idea um and then Josh and I went on to co-direct it I was playing the sort of back fiddle on that a bit but um yeah I think that first thing was like all right they took that and they did it and you know it, it made it it happened. I had so, to boost your confidence bro, that they, that they trusted said, right, you cool. like that. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me let me start thinking of other ways to other, uh, other stories to tell. Um, and then I think the full um, other project that we did was about like this breakdancing battle that we had to do for like this promotion for uh, for this dance competition that we were doing. I think that was like my first set, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, oh wait, actually that's. Not true at all. I think my first time I ever directed a piece, I didn't pitch it or anything at all, was because it was like this Converse piece up in New York. 
Um, and Josh wasn't able to go. I think he had like a family emergency. I was like, yeah, Roger just directed. Oh, wow. I was like, bro, what? So I had like, obviously I knew what was going on because we're all yeah. on the same team, but uh, I was not expecting to direct the piece. And um, yeah, I think that within itself, I think boosted my confidence to then go pitch that to the, pitch the other piece to the team out of nowhere, which then boosted my confidence up again to come up with a whole uh, project uh, outline and um, a whole pitch deck for another campaign. So yeah, I think there's these little like little steps along the way that um, that have helped me like sort of create a voice and, and create a voice not only for myself but for the brand and making it make sense to them. Right, and I think it's it's only possible that you could feel that you are starting to grow your voice because of the people that are surrounding you and empowering you to like feel confident to do that. And when you were directing for that first time or one of your first bigger projects, what do you what did you notice about yourself that you know, maybe you could have improved upon as a director, which I think is interesting. Like as where you are now, like how do you think your voice has changed as a director? How do you think you've grown from like some of your first projects? I think I'm much more punctual. Mm. I'm not so undecisive as I used to be. Um, I think I've understood that you need to make decisions sort of on the fly. Um, and I think that comes down to like understanding the the treatment, understanding like the material. Um, so I think I've, I've, learn to study why I'm doing things a little bit more. And then so on set, I'm able to sort of be a little bit more punctual on, on certain decisions that, you know, need to, need to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that thing also like communication was like a big thing for me. Uh, as you know, like I'm not the biggest talker, like even just doing this is kind of crazy. So <laughs> like I'm more of like a listener and I think, as a director, you need to be able to communicate. Like, this is the yeah. whole job, right? Mm -hmm. So being able to sort of communicate my vision uh, to others and then on top of that, get everybody on board is, like, essential, right? So I think that's something that I've been working on every time I'm on set and even off. Like, you know, try to learn as much as possible to be able to communicate um, my vision to others, I think, has been, like, my biggest thing. Because I, I often notice that, all right, well, this person really isn't understanding me. Um, like on my first couple of jobs, like why isn't this person understanding me? Mm. Am I talking too fast? Or In terms of like crew or talent? like Both. Yeah, so it's like I, very early I understood like, all right, how can I, like, you know, how can I get what I'm seeing in my head out to another person? And that within itself is like extremely hard. So I kind of like noticed like little fine new details. Like I, I was talking too fast to in this moment, or um, I was like slurring my words, uh, or I'm just not being descriptive enough. Like it was just like I learned to communicate much more as you know time went on. Um, yeah, and I think that's still something that I like. You know, you can always be a better communicator. You know, as a director, you know, being able to make decisions faster and quicker um, to you know get everybody on board and you know being content with the project. When you're when you're directing talent, um, I think that's being a director is uh, one of the biggest jobs is like being a leader as a director and like you're leading you're you're guiding this entire ship. Um, but one major specific job is like the directing of talent and talking to them and trying to get them to you know act the way you want, look the way you want. How do you think? your communication changes between like maybe the talent and crew and 
Like, how do you, how have you learned how to communicate better with talent specifically? Because that's something that I don't know if I'd be very good at. And I think that's the reason why I DP and I love it is because I don't know if I have the skill to talk to talent like that specifically. I think for me is sort of meeting people where they're at, mm. um, find out what they're struggling with and try to help them through that specific thing. Um, but I think in my line of work now, uh, it's more so like working with models and working with sort of like non-actors, right? Um, which is cool. Like I've, a lot of the work that I've done, like even the narrative work, like the short films and stuff was with non-actors. Okay. So it's not that I'm, um, not that I am worried because of that, but it's just sort of like meeting everybody with where, where they're at, uh, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's really the 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 gist of it. Like, if you if I find that somebody's struggling with a specific moment or scene or or did something that I think could be done a better way, it's just mm-hmm. well, let's try that again and and then giving them the freedom to explore, like mm-hmm. try to like right. fifty different times, you know, to see like you know what what works better for you, and then coming in and tweaking it a bit, you know, like yo, that was cool, that moment was cool, but what if you we try like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just think, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. And I'm also not so like, like I'm not hammering stuff right. in, you know, right. like I like to explore mm. on set as much as possible, as much as like time for as much time as I have. Yeah. I think it's like similar to, you know, the, the crew that you have at Snipes allowing you and giving you the freedom to explore your creativity and your voice. I think it's important for you to, as a director to also like kind of, provide that on set as well for crew and talent. Yeah. Um, do you think that as a director, um, it's like, let me try to figure out the best way to ask this. Um, Cause I think there is a, a level of leadership. There's like a few different ways to lead. And I feel like there's one way where you're very specific on what you want. Another way where you are specific, but you allow for, you know, a lot of spontaneity, where do you kind of like fit in there? And like, how do you see your leadership evolving as you're directing? Mm, that's a good question. I think took me a minute to get there. Yeah. But, yeah. It's a great question though. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to answer now. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that for me, see now it's hard. Yeah. It's a hard question to answer. I think I, I kind of, I don't know if pick and choose is the right word, but mm. I need to pick and choose when I need to be direct and pick and choose when I need to be, you know, more free and more open to, you know, the actors doing or whoever I'm working with to do what, what you know, needs to be done. Um, yeah, it's definitely not an easy question to be, you know. Because it's hard. Honest. Like, every set that I've been on, I walked away from the set thinking I need to do these things better right. and I need to work on these things within myself to mm-hmm. then, um, to then, you know, exert. I think directors are like, well, I, I don't know for other directors, but I'm like mad, like sensitive, like after the fact, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, fuck, like I was a dick at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, um, but I kind of just need to be a little bit more confident in, in, in communicating and, 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 explaining why the reason why I'm saying this, you know, holds weight. Mm. Um, 
So I think it's just been like a learning lesson ever since like my first job to my second job. Like it's, I'm learning every, every step of the way, right? Yeah. And I'm, I don't have it all figured out, you know? I think sometimes a little bit hard on myself on like, yo, you should have been this way on set or you should have been this other way on set. And it's hard, I think, for me to pinpoint where I am in that spectrum that you mm -hmm. speak of, I think, because I'm not all the way there yet, you know what I mean? Right. Um, I think every situation also needs a different type of directing, you know, di direction. You know, everybody doesn't, you know, respond to... Uh, I think your sensitivity as a director is what informs like you on that on any particular set because of like your sensitivity you understand like for the talent or the talent's perspective if they need uh, maybe more guidance in a certain way you could be sensitive to that and direct them in a certain way but if a, another person is like oh I need you to actually like tell me more straight up what I need to do. That's your way of communicating then. Yeah. So I guess the sensitivity of a director is really about being fluid in your decision-making and how you communicate. You just put that so nicely. Thank you. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted to say. <laughs> nah, but yeah, I think every situation is different. You know, mm. everybody's different. And I think you can't speak to everybody. I think it's sort of like, like a, every site you walk in, you have a different relationship with every person out there, right? Um, you can't speak to everybody the same, you know, you can't. It's like a relationship, right? You get into a relationship and then, you know, you have conversation with your partner. Like, how do you want to be loved? Which is like, so sort of the same way for me. It's like, how do you want to be directed? Right. right. Um, not that I blatantly asked that question, but then through conversation and through, you know, working things out, you kind of, you know, figure it out in, in that way. Um, how would I, how can we help each other make this relationship work? And then ultimately, it's a great project. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, yeah. I think I think that was a great answer. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, for but, you though, because I'm not. You know, about to keep asking. Yeah, 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 <laughs> for yeah, yeah. you though, like, how does that how does that work, right, with your crew, and then relating issues you have from like your crew to to a director, or then working through issues with like your own your own crew. <sighs> I, I think it's pretty similar, to be honest. I think the director and DP, they have very particular jobs on set and they both hold like the most leadership really kind of on set. And you're like the two really big kind of decision makers. Um, I've, I think I've grown. And in the beginning when I was DPing, I think my communication lacked because of my lack of confidence in myself. And I, I felt like I needed to do everything. I felt like I needed to be extremely precise on things. I needed to, you know, this specific fixture at this place with this, it, it just needed to feel like I was in a hundred percent control because I, I think it was due to my insecurity and that I wasn't there yet, but I had to prove that I knew what I was doing to people. But as I've, grown over the past couple of years and I, I've started to build the confidence within me that I know what I'm capable of. I think it gave me, it unlocked a level of like compassion and freedom to allow people to do their jobs to the best of their abilities and feel also creative within their given job. Because this is a creative job, but it's also a, a laborious job too for the crew. They're doing labor. It's a hard job, but they're that job becomes easier and a lot more enjoyable when you add an extra layer of 
oh, what do you want to do for this? Or like, what do you think would work for this instead of, can you just do this? So like adding the layer of creativity, I think helped me communicate with my crew better, especially when there's problems. It's less like, oh, this is how to fix it. Instead, it's more like, how can we work through this? And what are, what are you thinking that this could be the solution? What do you think this could be the solution? And like, I think just thinking of everyone as like a, a team and um, regardless if you're, if a PA, you know, a, a swing, grip, key grip, gaffer, AC, I think everyone's opinion uh, matters and holds a very, holds the same weight. It really does. Cause, um, cause when you first gave that pitch to that first commercial at that point, where were you a PA still? Technically, yeah, technically. but you created an amazing idea. And if they didn't see you as someone that ha like has value, that idea, that project would have never came out. Same thing on set. If I don't give someone the opportunity to present an idea or a solution, it, it might be the best thing for the thing, the, the project. Yeah. So I think for me, it was finding the confidence within myself to allow for more creativity with people and allow for people to have their own voice on set. 100%. I, I, I kind of want to touch on what you just spoke about. I, that's how I kind of like to run my sets. Mm -hmm. I, I like to... I like for it to be a fun and collaborative yeah. spot. Um, uh, I think, yeah, I think working with um, people you trust, right? You like, I would assume you bring people on who you've worked with in the past who you trust, right? So not only do you trust them in your job, you, you know, their opinions matter also, right? Um, if I'm hiring a DP, it's because I trust the DP, Absolutely. right? To do the work that they need to do. Um, I was just speaking to another DP about this. It's like, yo, when we hire, I, I like to hire, I like to hire the homies, right? I like working with people I, I right. fuck with. So, um, I think there's, I think that's great. And I think that's really important to do that. Bro, it's like, for you, for, like when I hit you up the first time, I was like, yo, like I see Carla as somebody who I can grow with, right? Like we're kind of like in this journey, like we're, we're, we're both embarking on this journey to like, of like filmmaking and, and making it out. So it's like, I think that was the initial um, point where I was like, yo, let me start reaching out to people and sort of fostering this community. And then happened to be on set one time and then us meeting, you know, that's, I think I like to do that pretty frequently, right? Where I like to meet people before, you know, I work with them, right? And then I think after that first meeting, you kind of like, ah, like the vibe was off and maybe I don't want to work with this person right away. Let's have the relationship, um, build off right. like let's let's do more things before we can work together i think something unique about when we first met was like yo this guy's fucking dope like <laughs> let's 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 lock something in like right away um i think you did i think we did at the end of yeah, that bro, meeting. That, i think we booked something at the end of the yes meeting. we booked something at the end of the <laughs> meeting um I, I think that's 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 dope when, when when stuff like that can happen like when you can relate to somebody um and you know we talked about it a lot that day. So it's like, yo, like I relate to this dude, like super cool. And not only that, but the work backs it up, right? Mm -hmm. So like if I, if I see somebody putting in the work who's also cool, who's like somebody I want to be friends with, I think that's a easy yes for me f to, for them to, you know, come on a project that, that, that I'm on. Um, and I don't know how, I don't know what we were talking about to get to that point, but I, I said that to say that the people who you bring on set is very... It's very key to the success of the uh, of the project um, because their opinions matter. Like you said, like 
I may not always, as a director, quite frankly, I may not always have the answers. It's like, damn, like, you think we should put that like there? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's why you hire people who know what they're talking about. Um, and, you know, we can have that rapport and go back and forth. Like, yo, I think actually for this scene, it makes more sense to do this. Like, yo, you're right. And I think that's something that I've learned early on that um, I may not always be in the right. Mm. And this thing that we're creating and that we're making is much bigger than me. Like, I'm not going to let my ego get in the way of the success of a project. And, yeah, like, give everybody their their graces, you know? I think it's, uh, I think it also is, like, showing your vulnerabilities in a way. Um, and I say that, like, if you're, if you're, like, closed off of a person, especially a director or DP, when you're working with a bunch of people, if you're closed off emotionally, you're not, you know, opening, you're not open to people, like, when you're directing and someone has an opinion or you're not, you don't let the, like what you just said before, oh, I think you should, we should do it this way. I think you're right. I think that shows a level of like honesty within yourself. And do you feel that you show some vulnerability as a director when you don't know what you're, you know, what you're doing or what you're talking about? And do you think that helps the project? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I, sh- I think I definitely could have phrased it better, but I, I, th- I just want to harp on like being open as a person and speaking to some of your vulnerabilities and that, um, allowing people to feel open to talk to you about things. Yeah, yeah, I, I like to think that I'm not, I'm not that closed off on say I, I, I hope that even like. Like, I don't know, the DP, the grip, or, like, a PA can come up and, and talk to me. I don't, I don't ever want to feel like I'm standoffish to right. anybody, you know? Um, I think there's a time and a place for for everything, right? If they're struggling and, like, if something's happening on set and a PA has a solution to make it happen, bro, please, yeah. like, please come up and, 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 and you know, and, and talk, to, talk to me, you know, or talk to whoever, you know, can fix the situation. Um, yeah, I just don't like running. I just don't. I try not to have like that ego where, you know, people can't come up and, and, and talk to me in, in that way. Um, and it's just not in my character, I think, mm-hmm. to, to, to have that happen. So I, I can't, it's hard for me to put up a front and walk around like, right, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, it's just super hard for me to be, um, to fake it, you know? Yeah. I, you, I, you, from what I like, because I know you, you're a very grounded person and I, you're, you're humble and I think, you know, with the work that you've done at, you know, you've, you've done some pretty high level stuff and there could be a level of like some overconfidence for some people like, oh, I created this amazing piece, but I feel like you have a level of groundness and humbleness. Do you think that comes from how you were raised and like your, your upbringing? hundred percent. I think that's, that's a lot to do with it. Uh, so my parents, like we come from what people in DR would call like El Campo, which is basically like 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 the sticks not even the sticks because it's not really like <laughs> like that but um just like not the city right so like a rural type yeah like like almost like not the capital right so okay. it's like much more like you said like much more rural um areas but yeah i think that's just like sort of like the environment that i was raised in like mm. um or at least the what my parents instilled in me like you never want to walk around like your shit don't stink, you know right? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think my parents 
did a good job in that. But I think the back end of that is like this high, like this big sense of like, like imposter syndrome. Like, mm. but I don't think me being the way I am stops me from pursuing. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Like, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's rough. I think a, a lot of a big reason why the I am the way I'm is to my parents, but I think there's stuff within me that I need to change as well. Um, what are some things that you think you'd like to improve about yourself? Now we're getting deep. Now we're getting deep, bro. <laughs> I think I need to be... I think I need to gain more self-confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody may look at me and may look at the work and like, yo, this guy's got to figure it out. When it's like, yo, like I've done cool stuff, but I think deep down inside, there's a sense of like, Yo, like what? Like, you know, like I'm just like juggling like in the air and like at some point somebody's gonna tip me and like all the balls are gonna hmm. are gonna fall. So to me I think it's understanding that I'm an alright juggler, right? Like a ball so what if a ball falls one like I I think there's a sense of like me having to be perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um I think I just need to get rid of that to, to an extent. Like it's okay if I if I mess up. Um I'm pretty hard on myself, and I think a lot of the homies will say, like, yo, you got to ease up on, on, on yourself. But it's just something that I think I, I need to improve on and need to learn, and I think need to just continue to build more confidence. Um, and, yeah, I think that's it. I think being hard on yourself is, um, I think there's a, it's definitely a fine line Yeah, being hard on yourself because it could, like, push you over the edge in a negative way, but it also is what helps you succeed. So how are you finding the balance of like, I need to push myself really hard, but I, there's also times where I need to hold back. Or like, how do you think you've grown within that? There's no balance, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, like super, like super critical on, on like recently, like I did have like one of my biggest issues, like yeah. like an over six figure budget, right? Um, Which was sick. Thank you. VFX work was wild. Bro, they snapped. Yeah, like, that was they snapped wild. on that, and they were like very. It took direction really well, which I appreciated. Um, but yeah, like I, I had like a, a project like that, and like, like I hate it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like after the fact, I'm like, yo, like we could have done this different, this different. So I think I need to find that. Like I don't think I'm there yet. Where, like I'm kind of still in the deep end. You know, I kind of do you think you shallower water. Do you think you lack like appreciating the moment sometimes or being present? Do you think that's where maybe it kind of stems from? Because I realized that about myself too, is I used to hate everything I did until I realized like, yeah, it might not be like what this DP's doing, but he's also got 15 years plus experience. But what I'm doing now, I would have like loved to have been doing last year or like six months ago, what I'm doing now, I would have dreamt of doing. Yeah. Do you, do you find that maybe you don't appreciate the moment as much or are you looking too much in the future? That's where it stems from? That's where it is. I think mm. you hit it on the nose. I, I do appreciate the moments. But when I'm on set, I have a blast. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's like, it's like, yes, like, this is exactly what I want to do with my life. Mm. Comes, like, after the fact, I'm like, ah, like, this is not bad. But that's because I'm thinking of the future. Like, this is where I want to, this is where I want to get to. And based on this, I know I'm not there yet. Mm. Um, so I think it stems from that. But what you just said about um, seeing yourself, like, two years ago, like, and talking to your younger self, I'm like, yo, like, I'm doing everything you wanted to do. I think having people in your corner, like, huge shout out to my girlfriend, like, bro, she, like, 
like you look how far you've come you know what i mean like two years ago she you says were, that to you yeah love that bro like that. having pe- good people in your corner like my girlfriend like my best friends having people talk to you and be like yo like you've become like a inspiration to your younger self in a way mm. um so i think living with that and, and having those people tell me those things mean, means a lot you know but it doesn't really stop what's happening inside right so it's like this sort of still lack of like like confidence in the work you know still but that's because what you just said i'm in the future i'm thinking about where i want to be and 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 where i want to get to and i understand that still a long way to go to get yeah. there you know i think it's like i think once you realize that this industry is so long like it it the top people top top people are like 50 60 years old yeah. they've been doing it for ever i think it maybe maybe for me but it puts into perspective that where i am now like i have so much room to grow but maybe it's just i don't want to sound corny but it is enjoying the process and realizing that um you directing a project is a dream for so many people so being grateful for that is um and being grateful to be able to just hold a camera in my in in my world is regardless of if it's a cool project um you know shitty commercial whatever it is yeah. i'm just grateful to be able to hold a camera and i think that helps me stay grounded and realize that i'm i'm like doing the thing yeah. do you ever work with like older people and they're like yo how old are you and then every time <laughs> you know, bro, like- that's part of the reason i started this podcast and um most of the time i'm usually one of the younger people on set probably same for same, you yeah. as well and we hold such leadership high positions yeah. and um but that's that's why I started this podcast was because I was working with older people mm-hmm. who are fathers, who are husbands, who have been in this industry for 10 plus years. And conversations that I would have with them just opened my eyes to so many different things that I wanted to be able to just create a platform to talk to people and share like their experiences. So, yeah, that's that's why I started this. So was working with people that were older than me. Shout out to them too, like at least the people I've come across are like super supportive, like yo, like yeah. and I, I have the same conversation with them, like, yo, like I'm not where I wanna be, you know? And they're like, yo, you gotta bask in this moment because like one, you're so young to be doing what you're doing mm-hmm. is is amazing. But then sometimes, you know, you get stuck in your head like, you know, you could do more and yeah. you know, a lot of things could be different. But then having those conversations with either the OGs on set or like, you know, your partner or like your close friends really help ground you in that way to be like, yo, relax. Like you're on the right path to to accomplishing what you want to accomplish because you already accomplished what you two years ago wanted to accomplish. hundred percent. Yeah. How long have you been with your girlfriend? So you put me on a spot on the... Oh, she better not listen to this. (laughs) She doesn't know the answer right away. (laughs) We just had our our four year anniversary um, back in uh, October. Um, so yeah, we've been together. So she's been around throughout this journey. Yeah, so like, she's seen the beginning part of you in this till where you are now. So she's seen it. She's seen it. Yeah, yeah. she's seen like. I think we got together like. We're getting together like late 2019, mm-hmm. um, and like, just talking to her about my dreams and my aspirations, and like, <laughs> I was like a, I was like PA, and she's like, you got it. Like even when I was PA, and like you know, so it's dope having somebody like on your corner to like mm. back you up in that way. Yeah. Um, but 
What about you? Like, you don't have a girlfriend. I have a fiance. fiance. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're we're about to hit, today. Actually, is nine and a half years. Today. Today is nine and a half years. What are you doing here? <laughs> I'm, working. I'm working. I'm <laughs> working. She's working too. Okay. Where? Uh, no, but nine and a half years. Um, she's also been. She's seen every. <laughs> she's seen every part of me. She's seen every part of. She's seen every part of me. That's a weird thing to say. Um, I mean, I mean <laughs> I'm not wrong, but like I meant, yeah. let me rephrase that. She's seen every part of my growth, yeah. not every part of pause. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I think, I think something along relationships that I'm curious about and uh, it's something that I've started to figure out lately, honestly, maybe it's too late. It's not too late, but I figured out late was how to balance, um, my appreciation for her career mm. as like a filmmaker and as a creative, we're so, we're so selfish about our thinking yeah. and like, Oh, I want to succeed. I want to do this. I'm always thinking about like the next set, the next whatever. And sometimes I would forget about her career and her growth. How do you th like, where do you stand in that in supporting her and like trying to find the balance of that? I think just trying to help where I can, you know, mm. um, so my girlfriend, she runs this self-care line. Um, and I'm like, I tried my best to help, right? I was sort of like, can creative direct and like I could um, help her out with shoes, like shooting product, mm -hmm. uh, laying out marketing campaigns and helping her with like socials and her website. And, you know, taking some of that lift off of her um, and helping her, you know, thrive in, the, uh, in some other areas of her business. Um, so yeah, I think just, not only just that, but everything that comes with being in a relationship, right? Yeah. Listening to to her, to her, like helping her through her hardships, through her aches. I think that's one of some, I think the most important part is like, yeah, the business stuff is cool, it's business, but it's like, yo, like, today kicked my ass. Like, mm. um, and I'm able to do that because, you know, she does way more than for me. So it's like, I don't know. I think just being there for, for your partner is essential. Um, for you though, you've made, and I think that's something I admired from our first conversation and conversation we had in the past. You're a person who commits, like you're, you're a commitment maker. Like yeah. even like taking on the podcast, let's do a full throttle, right? Mm -hmm. Being the DP, let's go to the max with that. I'm going to make this long life commitments to the point where you made one of the biggest commitments right. and, you know, uh, becoming engaged with, you know, your now fiance. Yeah. Where, where does that stem from, from you? Like, I'm able to make these, these are life commitments. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, specifically with her, I guess let's start on that one. Um, I, she's just my best friend, man. Yeah. She's my best friend. Um, I can't picture, I just can't picture my life without her. She is part of the reason I am who I am today, where I am today. I don't know what I'd be doing if she wasn't in the picture. There have there, there been so many moments in my life where I've wanted to quit. I've wanted to stop. I've wanted to uh, just give up. And without her support and her guide, uh, guidance and literally just being there for me, even she doesn't have to say anything sometimes. It's just oh, like her presence. Like magic. Yeah. Her presence being there, I think, has really helped me just keep going and keep pushing because 
I think part of the reason why I work so hard and the reason why I, I'm trying to do so many things like the podcast, DPing, YouTube, uh, some other business stuff that I'm trying to do is I want to create a future for us. Like it's all for us. And yeah. I've said that to her for years now. I knew that I've, I wanted to marry her long ago. And I knew that anything that I'd be doing at, from that point on isn't just for me anymore. It's for us and it's for our future. It's for our future kids. And I think that's part of why I work so hard is because I know it's not just for me anymore. Yeah. You have a deeper sense of like purpose yeah. and stuff. You think when you were younger, you kind of, have you ever lacked that sense of purpose though? I don't know if I lacked a sense of purpose because I've always, I've always done something. I've always been doing yeah. something, but I think, I think it's, it's less selfish now. And I, I try to look more at like what would benefit us rather than what would benefit me, if that makes sense. And I guess maybe in terms of commitment and other things, I think it goes back to what we were talking about before. My plan A is my plan B through Z on every single thing I do. And I think I have very high standards for myself too. I have, um, everything needs to be of a certain level. And I think it starts with, you know, the top thing that I do is DPing. That's like the top pillar. That's what my dream is. That's my passion. And I think I do it at a decent level, a pretty high level. And I think the work that I do is pretty good so that anything else that I do that is like kind of revolving it, because podcasting, it's in filmmaking, the YouTube, it's still in that space. Everything needs to be at that level. So I can't half-ass anything or else I feel like it starts to lose authenticity of who I truly am. And everything that I think I am is make it the best you possibly can every single time. How do you manage that though? Like, bro, you try to operate at this, <laughs> at this high, high level for yeah. everything. How do you um, bounce from each thing? It, I think it, I feel good. It, I think it energizes me. Mm. I think it doesn't stress me out. It doesn't tire me. I think if I were to do this, like what we're doing right now, like just, let me let me go back up if i didn't commit to doing the live podcast that i uh, that i'm doing now and just stuck to the remote it bothered me so much that i was just doing remote because it didn't feel like i was giving my all to this podcast Mm -hmm. and i know people do remote and they're very successful but for me i lacked the human connection and i felt like to be able to deliver my full self as like a host i needed to have that human connection so then when i committed to this even though it's more expensive more time consuming, it's less frequent. I think the quality is substantially better. It's more so rewarding. It's way more rewarding. So I think for me, it's just doing things at a high level and making it the way that I really like energizes me and thinks that it just helps me feel like I'm, I'm slowly progressing. And again, I'm doing the thing, if that makes sense. 100%. But time management is kind of rough. So time management. I will talk specifically, like I'll go in crazy detail about my Google Calendar. It is color-coded. It is, I have every detail, t- like to the specific time, but I I started that, has to be like two years ago. I live by my calendar. Were you always this organized, like coming up? I've always had a level of organization. Okay. I think I have like some OCD type thing. I, I, 
I like, I think I lack some spontaneity sometimes, which could be a downfall in some instances because of how prepared I am for a lot of things and how structured I am. Sometimes I get a little flustered when things don't go right or like I need to be spontaneous in certain aspects. I think I'm good in certain ways, but my strength is organization and preparation. Um, and it only amplified when I decided to commit to like a calendar because as a freelancer, you, you're your own boss in a way and you have to create your own schedule. So I started treating my life like a nine to five. Like I, I start my day most of the time I'm at the gym by five thirty, six o'clock in the morning and I'm done by seven thirty, eight o'clock. And by the time I get home, I have my protein shake, food, shower, it's nine o'clock. And then if I'm not on, if I'm on set, everything gets thrown out the window yeah. pretty much. But if I'm working from home, I start my day at nine o'clock. I'm at the computer, nine o'clock. I have lunch. I walk my dog at a certain time. And then five o'clock comes. Usually I'm done. I'm tapped out for the day. And then I spend time with my fiance. I do other things. Um, but I think I try to just structure my life as organized as I can and treat my life as like a nine to five in a very un organized job or a, a very chaotic job that I have yeah. jobs, plural. Like I'm on the other side of that spectrum. Mm. Like I live in the dark, like I live <laughs> like, um, and, and I'm working towards being more organized. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's outside of my nature to be as organized like that, but I'm fighting for, for that. I think a lot of good comes comes with that because it helps you, be like what you said, like a hundred percent on one thing, then a hundred percent on another thing. Exactly. Knowing that you're can, you know, like it's for me, it's like I'm at a hundred percent all the time on everything, mm. which is not ideal. Um, so oftentimes I feel like I'm a little bit too spont spontaneous. Um, so I'm, I'm working towards, towards where you're at now to sort of like have these certain moments for certain things and, and, and move forward with, within those. So. I think it's also stems to like discipline. No, 100%. Yeah, discipline is the biggest thing. It's the hardest thing ever. And I think it relates back to, you know, my soccer career starting back then and, you know, not having a social life, but having the discipline to essentially work when I was a kid as like a soccer player traveling. Yeah. And then, you know, having the discipline to look at yourself as like, I need to have structure in my life and try to figure out how I can do it. And... I think what helps me also, honestly, is the gym. It's such a relief for me and it allows me to just like, I think be the best version of myself, yeah. honestly, because it lets go a lot of my anxiety. Cause I don't know about you, but I'm, I get anxious about this job all the time, man. A anxious in what way though? Like that I'm not going to succeed. That I'm a failure, that I'm going to fail. Everyone's surpassing me. All, yeah. I think comparison is like the Bro. biggest thing I deal with as well. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's horrible. Cause like, you know, I see people, I talk to people, they're like, oh, I, I love what you're doing. I wish I was doing what you're doing. And then it, it, that helps you, you know, come back and bring you back. But then five minutes later, you're scrolling on Instagram right. and you're like, dang, this dude just worked on some crazy ass. Yeah. Right now. So I don't, I don't know. How do you, how do you kind of work through comparison and, because I know you obviously probably deal with it as well yeah, and the anxiety of too. Of course. Uh, uh, it's it's really hard for me, I think. Um, 
and it goes to what we talked about earlier, just thinking about the future, right? Um, it's like, damn, what I often did, and I kind of like a little bit embarrassed to say this, but like often what I did was like, yo, this dude, so say if I'm scrolling, right? And like I see somebody's work that I'm like, yo, this thing is fire. Look at <laughs> the, I look at, or I used to Google directors. I'm like, yo, like how old were they when they made this? Mm. And then like if they were younger than me, I'm like, fuck, like it's over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I lost yeah. my chance. So it was, it was kind of hard for me coming up where it's like, damn, I started looking at the age thing. Mm. Um, like, how old are you? You're 24. I just turned 25 yesterday. 25? So yeah. we're the like, same age. Yeah. Yeah. 98. 98. What a year. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not yeah, I, I looked at, I used to look at people's ages and kind of determine how I was doing in my own life, mm. where it's more so like, you know, you come to understand it's like a spectrum, right? Like everybody's plan is sort of like destined for them already. Like you just need to work towards that. Um, and it may be, t- and it may take longer for other people than, uh, it may, may, may take longer for me than other people. Um, and it's kind of like, telling yourself that instead of like crying yourself to sleep you know what I mean <laughs> bro it's like yeah I don't know like you look at other people's work and it's like fuck like that shit was dope like mm. how did they how did they think of that and then you look at your own work it's like I guess you know And but what you said about other people coming up to you it's like it helps but I think for me it's like I don't know there's this thing within myself like, it's like you're lying to me mm. you know what I mean like you're not really like, how can you think this is good, you know, when I know everything wrong with it? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's a constant battle that, you know, you will constantly need to face um, as you mature um, and as you become more confident in, in the work that you do. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just it just is what it is, you know? And that's another, uh, it's another obstacle that you just have to overcome um, whenever that comes, hopefully soon for me. But... Yeah, I don't know. It's just something that you need to need to overcome as time goes on, for sure. I think something I also, because I, I I'm pretty business minded. I, I know that you are as well. Yeah. Um, and there comes like a certain level of like, money is like a big thing in this industry, and I, I there's always that thing of like, artists sometimes they don't care about business, they don't care about money, but for me, I almost think I'm like more business than an artist sometimes. And maybe sort of like sometimes my comparison or like sometimes my anxiety is like, oh, I'm not where I want to be financially yet. Um, Or I'm not where I want to be. Not even so like the art side. I think it is like business too is part of the anxiety as well. Do you, do you also feel something similar where it's not just like the art, but like business or like financially where you wish you were somewhere like, I guess the comparison of like business and money. Yeah. All, all the time. I mean, I think I've been fortunate enough to be like in rooms with people who are super successful. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, damn, like, I'm not so comparing myself to them, but it's more so like, I know I can get there too. Like, you know, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, my time will come at some point. Um, and it's just, it's a little bit motivating and a little bit inspiring um, to, to see that other people are, you know, where you want to be because you know it's obtainable. Right. Um, I love that. Yeah. But I kind of, I'm, I'm coming, I'm kind of on the other side of what you said, though. Like, you look at your not so much of the art side, but more so the business side, not where you're at. Mm. I look at the art side. I'm like, damn, like, like oftentimes with the work that I do now, uh, it's super rewarding in the sense, like the work I do at Snipes. But 
I think deep down inside it's it's not as like fulfilling as it needed to be because it's for somebody else or for something right. else. No matter how much I, like I love the project that I worked on, right? And no matter how much of myself I put into it, um, it's not it's not like this narrative that I came up with. It's not like a short, it's not like a a, a feature. And I think because that's where I wanna be, it's it won't be as fulfilling as when I do do that. Right. And I'm sure when I do do it, it's going to be obstacles when it comes, uh, when I get there as well. So yeah, I think I look at the art side more so as, it's like, damn, like I'm not where I want to be artistically. Mm. I think, and it goes back to like this, this, I don't know, this faith that I have where I'm going to be all right. You know what I mean? That like hyper-confidence. <laughs> yeah, like where I'm, maybe I'm just faking or lying to myself, but I'm just, I just tell myself like business-wise, like, or financially, I'll be okay at some point if I keep pushing right, um, right the art forward in, in that way. But I think I've been really focused on the business side, you know, before where I think I, I need to switch gears a bit and kind of dive back deep into into the art. I I feel pretty similarly. I think some of my business like questions and like fears stem from being now or soon to be married. You know, going to have a family eventually. Am I going to be able to support? Mm. Like, I think that's always a fear that I have. Um, but I, I, I agree. I, I thought about this a lot the past couple months. Of how much more do I need to be focusing on the art side compared to the business side? Because both are equally as important. But where do I find my level of balances in the art versus business? Yeah. And I realized that I was lacking in the art side mm. and I was, maybe I was doing jobs just for money and like, you know, everyone does, yeah. I think, but I wanted to, guys bumping. <laughs> North Philly for you. Right. <laughs> He's just vibing. He's parked up. Yeah, he's like, just vibing. <laughs> now nah, there he goes. Shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to that guy. Um, no, but I, I, to sum it up, I realized that I needed to start focusing more on the art a little bit more. And um, I think I've fortunately in the past couple of months, I've been able to do a lot of really fulfilling projects. And I've realized that as I'm doing those, I feel such a, great sense of like satisfaction and like purpose yeah when you're really trying to pursue um, your your art your your passion just came craft. off a feature yeah bro how does how was that how was that bro how was that it was, like it's great it's still going like i leave tomorrow for st louis for a um for a premiere yeah um which is pretty sweet was um, that was that your first? It was my first feature. I was like, was it? Because I know we talked in the past. That's kind of where you know you're heading in that direction yeah. to shoot more features stuff. Was that what you envisioned it to be? <sighs> was it how I envisioned my first feature to turn out? No, no. not even close. <laughs> not even in the slightest. Um, I have this experience for a feature is unlike I think most people's experiences working on their first feature. Mm. I think I. I came into such a rare thing, um, especially like the end product is such a really good movie. It's yeah. like 
it's a movie that I want people to see. And it's not something that you'll go to a movie to watch your friends feature and you're like cringy. It's not a cringe, like it's a legit fucking movie. It's 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 crazy. And the publicity behind it, the attention behind it, the awards are right. I think we've, I think we got accepted into like six festivals already. Um, We've won awards and I, I just, yeah, it's, it's a wild first experience. And since then, I've turned down five or six features. Wow. Um, Did you done, ever say that? I would turn down a feature? I don't... I, I never even thought I'd be shooting <laughs> yeah, features. No, I, I never had no... I, I, I would love to. I just didn't think that that was... I thought it took 10, 15 yeah. years to get there. Um, but I just realized that it just didn't align with who I am, what I want to do. And I think my expectations after this feature are a lot higher yeah. now. So... I'm more willing to say no to features, honestly, until the right one comes along. Wow. But I'm doing more shorts now. I got my first European short, mm. so I'm shooting in Belgium and France. Um, so I, I really, been I've been to Europe. Okay. I've never shot in Europe. Um, but I'm just really excited to be getting these more story-based opportunities. And even though they don't pay well, I think this is me rebalancing the scale yeah. of, like, this is me pursuing my art. Yeah, that's the... It's the passion that yeah. I think is needed to, you know, continue on in, in the industry. That's dope. I saw, the, I saw the film, by the way. Did Great. you? Good Wait, shit. Which one did you go to? The Philly. I came did the, you? Yeah. Was I there? No, you weren't. Oh, you went to the festival? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It was good? You liked it? Oh, I, I loved it. Yeah, I took my girl. It was her first time being, like, in this festival environment. Right. So, like, things are a little bit different, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's always, like, I, I say this to her all the time, but after like leaving school and leaving college, I kind of yearn for like that film, mm. like that film camaraderie, you know, like, right. like I went to film school, everybody's just talking about film, you know, all the time. So it's like, I kind of miss that, you know, like I came and it's more so about commercials and like selling products and stuff. It's, you kind of lose, you lose the, the joy that comes with like, just like storytelling, you know, right. like it, it's, it's not often in my, in my day-to-day life that I got that I get to see more um be like be surrounded by people who who love yeah. film. Film movies, yeah. yeah. So it was dope. It was a dope experience. Not even the movie was dope and just being around other I know, people. I wish who, I was there. That was cool. Yeah. There was yelling and stuff in there. Like I think um some of Danny's homies was there and like because it was it's Philly based. Like yeah. I, yeah. So like a lot of people that knew Danny were there and they were like, yo, shout out Danny, da, da, da. and like I don't know the man, but I'm like, yo, I'm proud of that dude. You right. know what I mean? So it's like, I think seeing him there kind of like ignites something within myself. Like, yo, like, this is it. Like, when, bro, when I was there, I was like, yo, this is it. Like, this is my people. I think that sort of reignited something within me where it's like, yo, like, you should get back to this, you know? And um, I love that. Yeah. So I think that did a lot for me. The film was great, but just in that environment, it did, did a lot for me. Yeah. Cool. I got two last questions for you. First one is, what was your perception of success when you were younger? And what is your perception of success now? It's a good question. Um, I think very young, my father instilled in me that success means happiness. So it's not about finances. It's not about like anything external. It's more about if you're happy with who you are and the position in life that you are, then you're successful. Um, and I think I've kind of 
stayed true to that. Mm. So now I think as long as I'm happy, long long terms and me being happiness, like my girlfriend is healthy, my parents are healthy, everybody around me is healthy. Um, they're taken care of in that way. Um, then I think that's happy. That's happiness. Like me going out and like working on a passion project, working on that. That's you know happiness. Like having the luxury to do that um, is happiness, which then means that I'm sort of successful. Right. And I think now, I think while that still holds true, there's a lot of like different elements to that now, right? Um, so it's like obviously there's another, there's always another level you want to reach to, but I think. Him having that, having instilled that within me at a very young age, helps to ground me. Where it's like, all right, like, just think about what you have, and you know, understand that you're in a better position than not only than you were, but then a lot of people yeah. are um, around you. So I think being able to like, you know, reel myself in and 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 see that you know, all right, am I okay this moment? And he, even to this day, like, I go over and he's like, yo, like, you good? You you happy in life? I'm like, I am. I think <laughs> things could be better, yeah. but things could be a thousand times worse. Right. So, you know. Absolutely. You got to, you know, think to yourself, like, all right, cool. Like, all in all, I am pretty happy right now. So, I think, all in all, I am pretty successful. Not to say that there's not other things I want to accomplish in life, but, yeah, I think I measure success by moments of happiness. Like, as many moments of happiness I, I, I have or I can gain is how successful I am. Love that. That's a great answer. Um, my last question is a uh, question I ask everybody at the end is um, you're sitting there, that younger version of you is sitting here, film school, or telling your dad that you're going to become a filmmaker, a photographer. What advice would you give that younger version of you to where you are now? Uh... Uh, I don't know. That's tough. Yeah, it's not an easy one. It's <laughs> like a tough question. It's yeah. like, um, um, I don't know how much time we have, but okay. I think I kind of that that question reminds me of something that happened to me in in school where I was like this close to like dropping out and like quitting film, and I just made my first short, and it's like anything you do, like yo, this shit sucks. <laughs> I hate it so much. And um, there was some upperclassmen I was cool with at the time. Um, who was like, yo, like, yo, come over, have a couple of drinks, and, like, play the game and chill, right? They were all in film, right? So I went there, chilled before, like, my basketball game. And they were like, yo, Raj, you just made it. You just made your first short, right? Let's put it on. I'm like, hell no. <laughs> like, think about it. Like, think these are, like, your upperclassmen, right? These are, like, people, juniors, and maybe a senior, like, are about to graduate, and I'm, like, a freshman or, a, I think, a sophomore at the time. It's intimidating. Bro, what? Well, it's, like, super intimidating. Right. They're, like, like, yo, these guys know way more than me. They're going to laugh at my film. They're going to, like, do this and that. So I'm just, like, really self-conscious about what I made, understanding that it's not the best thing it could be. So whatever, they peer pressured me to show them the film. I put it on. We're all watching it I'm, the whole time. I'm like, oh, God, bro, like, what am I doing? And I'll never forget, like, this is kind of one of, like, the, the, the key moments in, like, my filmmaking journey and, like, what's kept me here for so long. And, bro, they sat me down and were like, 
yo, like, you got it. Like, what you made here is, it was a beautiful piece. Like, you were able to convey an important message and, and I felt it. Like, we all felt it in the room. And whatever you think you got going on, like, you have it. Whatever it is, like, you got it. Like, you can go far with this. And I just broke down oh. in front of, like, three grown men. <laughs> I just started bawling my eyes out because it was so much of, like, a a pivotal point. Because I was, like, this close to, like, saying, like, yo, fuck this. Like, like I'm never going to. And that's, I think a lot of it had to do with so, how much I was in my head. But him saying that, it was like, yo, like, what? Like, you really think, I was like, yeah, like, this is good. I just started, like, bawling my eyes out. Yeah. It was so embarrassing. But he was like, yo, like, it's all good, you know? I just never had, like, somebody, because you know, when you first come in in school and you uh, you kind of look up to your upperclassmen, right? Yeah. For them to say, like, yo, for them, for them the, being people who I admire their work, um, them to say like yo like you got it you know like this gift of like storytelling you have was something really pivotal in my life so i don't think if i were to tell my younger self something is that same thing that they told me it's like yo like just keep going um i think as hard as it is now it gets better and it'll get hard again but it'll get better again um and i'll tell them tell that person the same thing that you know they tell me which is like don't be too hard on yourself and, you know, you got it. So just keep pushing with that. I think I would say. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for that story. Yeah. It was great. the first time I ever said it. Like, really? Yeah. Oh, I feel honored. Oh, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, Thank course. you, dude, for thank coming on. Me. I really appreciate it. Um, where can people find you? Your Instagram, website, whatever. Yeah. Um, my Instagram is Roger Castle. My website is rogcast, R-O-G-C-A-S dot com. Um, the agency's page is Guarida on Instagram, G-U-A-R-I-D-A. Um, and yeah, shoot me a message. Let's go for coffee or whatever. So, yeah. Cool. Thank you, bro. Thank you. All right. Thank you, everyone. Hopefully you have a great day. See you next time. Peace out. So that's a wrap on today's episode. Hopefully you enjoyed the conversation with our guest. And as I mentioned in the intro, if you enjoy the podcast, you enjoy today's episode, leave a rating on whatever podcast platform you're using, share it with a friend, share and tag us on Instagram at Creative Gap. Let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. So I'm going to leave you with some nice calming music to wrap up today's episode. Enjoy the rest of your week. I will see you next time. Peace out.